Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a video and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Today, I'm delighted to welcome a very, very accomplished journalist, writer, and someone who's in the travel trade, Ritu Goyal. Ritu, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Ashutosh. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you. Ritu is the Managing Director of Ease India Travel. She is the pers- chairperson of RJGH. Sukho Darka LLP. She's a journalist and a writer. So, uh, Ritu, tell me, what would you say are three key milestones in your life or your career? Uh, the three key milestones in my career have, of course, been uh, one. Uh, when I started out, I started in the uh, uh, in sort of the uh, you know, uh, in an industry which is uh, hospitality. Mm-hmm. I was very young. I was straight out of college mm-hmm. and I didn't have any experience, but that was my first job. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, in that very first job, I realized that I'm not really cut out to work under someone. Mm-hmm. And then thereafter, I started working as a journalist for a local newspaper in Vishakhapatnam where my husband was posted. Okay. He was in the Indian Navy. Mm-hmm. And I was a sub-editor there and uh, I started my career from there. Mm -hmm. But then uh, little by little, I moved on and uh, I worked as a freelancer for most of my uh, journalism career, Mm -hmm. uh, primarily because of the first reason that I did not want to be bound by rules, regulations, especially, you know, time with respect to timings Mm -hmm. and things like Mm -hmm. that. I wanted my freedom Mm -hmm. and that worked very well for me because, uh, you know, I was able to produce some good quality of work Mm -hmm. and uh, over the years, uh, I did a lot of investigative stories from Pune, the city I live in. And uh, I created uh, a kind of a niche for myself, despite being a freelancer. And uh, the third, of course, the big milestone is where I am at currently. Um, I decided to change my career at 43 years of age. So that was a big milestone for me. And again, I chose to become an entrepreneur and of course, have my freedom, Mm -hmm. uh, so to speak, as, uh, you know, uh, a working professional. And then I started my company about four years ago. Very interesting. So let's talk about uh, Ease India Travel. Or before that, you know, I said, you know, when I introduced you, I said that you're chairperson of RJGH Sukhodarka LLP. Yes. What, yes. what is this? So uh, Sukhodarka LLP is the holding company for Ease India Travel. Right. Uh, when I started Ease India Travel, actually Ease India Travel used to be my travel blog in right. 2012. Okay. And uh, I was, uh, you know, at that point, I just started traveling a little bit on my own. My first mm-hmm. solo travels were in 2011-12. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was, uh, you know, kind of deeply entrenched in the newspaper business mm-hmm. and in the media. And I used to write for several publications. Mm-hmm. So even the, the, the thought of becoming an entrepreneur or starting a travel company had not even remotely crossed my mind. Okay. But... Uh, I started uh, having a travel blog by the name of Ease India Travel primarily because uh, the the word ease, Mm -hmm. which meant that, you know, making travel easy for others. Mm -hmm. So I would share my photographs and a lot of information from the road when I would Mm -hmm. travel. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, that you uh, be careful of this route or this is what you should do and this is what you shouldn't do and all of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then Easy India Travel became my company in 2017. I just, mm-hmm. you know, adopted the name of my okay. travel blog. Because when I was, read Sukhodarka, I thought it was something to do with Thailand. So 
No, no. So, and but what happened is uh, in uh, t- January 2020, then mm-hmm. I had to. So, uh, East India Travel started off as a proprietorship concern, but mm-hmm. then uh, I decided that if I have to scale up and become bigger, I needed to formalize my operations mm-hmm. a bit more. Mm-hmm. And so then I took the next, took it to the next level, which is the next leap, and getting it, uh, you know, to register it as a LLP, Very uh, limited liability part- partnership. And then I had to come up with a name and uh, East India Travel was rejected several times by MCA. Mm-hmm. So I was left with no option but to come up with a new name. And Sukhadarka basically means spreading happiness. Uh, and that's what we do at East India Travel. Very nice. Yeah. So let's, talk about, let's talk about East India Travel. Yes. And let's start with the question that must be at the top of everyone's mind. How has the pandemic affected your business? Uh, the pandemic has been very hard, Ashutosh. It's been really hard on us. Hmm. Um, what 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 I thought started off as just some simple fear mongering amongst prospective clients way back in February 2020 became a reality by March end. Hmm. Uh, it was like a quick jump from you know telling people, oh, it's not in India yet, to going into lockdown within a month. I know. And uh, thereafter, of course, business completely dried up and I'm not the only one in the industry to have Mm -hmm. faced this. A lot of my uh, colleagues, competitors uh, have gone through uh, similar, uh, you know, uh, hardships. I had to shut my office space uh, in May 2020 because Mm -hmm. I took that call very deliberately. Mm. Um, I needed to cut overheads. Uh, We are a young company. We're just a startup. And uh, since I don't have any outside funding, we're a self-funded operation. And it was only the initial one year that I had to really fund myself. Thereafter, the company has sort of sustained itself. Mm. But uh, I needed to take some crucial and some very hard decisions along the road. Mm. And I did. Mm. But I also uh, consciously made an effort to keep the company alive. Okay. Um, within uh, our circles of uh, you know clients, I would uh, connect with people very often. And mm-hmm. I'm very lucky that the clients would themselves, my former clients would themselves connect with me and they would mm-hmm. keep reminding me that it's okay. This is a hard time. We understand what you're going through, but we will travel again and we will travel with you. Interesting. So that kind of infused a lot of optimism in me and I sort of saw through the bad uh, phase. And after the lockdown opened a little bit in August, I started traveling because I said that uh, I needed to build some traction as well. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's important to uh, produce new content. You know how it is in the travel industry. It's full of glamour and, you know, Mm -hmm. everyone wants new information all the time. So in August itself, I started traveling and then I've been traveling ever since. I haven't stopped. I just came back uh, from two trips Mm -hmm. in the last one month. And... uh, from January of this year, things have started looking up for us. And now, now with the vaccination coming, yes. I'm hoping that uh, travel will be back again. Yes. At least uh, uh, travel uh, will be back again. Absolutely. And in fact, you know, I think uh, the pandemic was in a way a blessing in disguise for me as a person because I had gotten too carried away being an entrepreneur. And there's a lot of things in my personal life that I had neglected over the last three, four years. And uh, it was like sort of a, um, let's say a reality check for me. Um, I also feel that uh, uh, a lot of people are not waiting for the vaccine. Um, I've had clients taking trips from December of last year because uh, they are uh, really fed up of being cooped up at home and they feel that, okay, you know what, if it's to happen, let it happen. Um, including senior citizens. So you would think that the most vulnerable section would kind of keep away from traveling right now. But I was just uh, in Hampi with a group of senior citizens and they haven't taken the vaccine and they were gung-ho 
about going on this trip because nice. they just wanted to get out of home. Very nice. Yeah. So let's let's so, move on. And you know, uh, you know, my wife and I are very very uh, big travelers lovely. all over the world. I mean, you know. Okay. Um, and what from my experience, that the more and more travelers are now seeking experiences yes. rather than uh, just a destination. Yes. How are you preparing yourself for these changes? Um, so Ashutosh, from the from inception, my company has only sold experiences. Okay. So uh, East India Travel uh, does not offer holidays to just everywhere. Okay. Um, the ethos with which I created the company was uh, pr- was you know I think the foundation was laid on my blog mm-hmm. that I would only market destinations that I have been to personally and I have uh, explored extensively mm-hmm. and I honestly haven't traveled much. Mm-hmm. Um, initially, when I used to like traveling, when I was younger, we were you know in the Indian Navy and you know how things are in the yeah. services. Yeah. We used to be so badly off in terms of money that we mm-hmm. never traveled. Mm-hmm. And then the children came along and you know so traveling took a back seat. And I have actually haven't traveled much, mm-hmm. but uh, within India, wherever I have traveled, mm-hmm. I only offer those destinations to my clients. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have in fact trademarked a term called experience travel. Okay. It's like one word, mm-hmm. um, which sort of exemplifies what my company does. So we only offer experiences which are, uh, which as I like to put it, sometimes in some destinations, you won't find the experiences on the internet, the right. kind of experiences I offer. Sure. sure. Okay. And, you know, uh, when you say that you are able to customize packages yes. for groups. Yes. Now, you know, my experience, I've been, we never travel in groups, but yeah. even if you go with three couples, yeah. customizing for three couples is a tough task. Yes. How do you customize these? So, uh, I wouldn't break it down to say three couples, uh, you know, customizing a holiday for them in a mm-hmm. group. Mm-hmm. But uh, the way we work is, I'll give you an example. Uh-huh. Uh, for example, uh, you know, a family of six, let's say grandparents, parents and children. Children could be any age group. Sure. Now, grandparents have different requirements from a holiday. The parents mm-hmm. and the children possibly as a unit of four require different requirements from a holiday, mm-hmm. which could include some activities and, you know, some hiking or some outdoorsy things. So while this family wants to do that, what do the grandparents do? So that's how I customize the holidays where I make sure that the elderly or the other people in the, in the group are mm-hmm. also looked after and they, they also have something to do mm-hmm. while the other members are, you know, doing something that they can't participate in. Okay. Uh, and of course, uh, we customize uh, holidays for uh, several, um, I would say, segments of our society that most people, most travel companies are wary of touching because mm. it's very hard to organize holidays for them. Mm. Um, so, for example, senior citizens, because senior citizens have their own pace of travel. They can't, you know, walk fast or climb much or, you know, uh, I mean, they have certain food requirements or they would have, you know, I, I would always need to have like an emergency medical backup for them. Um, but we organize holidays specifically for such age groups, okay. uh, in, especially uh, senior women who are seeking leisure travel. Mm. So uh, somehow culturally in our country, uh, you know, we just assume that women just want to go to uh, pilgrimages, mm. which is not true. So there are a lot of senior women who are either widowed, single, or choosing to travel without their spouses all mm. over the ages of 60, 70, whatever. And uh, 
they just want to do leisure travel like any one of us of course and you know we also customize holidays for people who have weight issues again a segment that no travel company wants to touch specifically mm-hmm. but uh, i feel that uh, you know everyone uh, should have the opportunity to explore the world and mm-hmm. explore the wonders that lay before us right. and so why should someone be denied that opportunity just because they have some maybe health issue or you know an issue like weight sure. Sure. so tell me what you know uh, in india which are some of your top destinations In India, uh, my top destination would be Himachal Pradesh. Okay. Uh, destinations would be mm-hmm. Himachal Pradesh and Kerala. Okay. Um, again, I belong to Kerala, so Kerala has been fairly easy to execute. Mm-hmm. Um, Himachal Pradesh, I'm very picky. I actually don't do Shimla, Kullu, Manali kind mm-hmm. of circuit. Mm-hmm. I o- organize holidays to which are uh, circuits which are lesser known or um, that have something unique to offer. Okay. So we do, for example, Kangra Valley in Himachal Pradesh, which is uh, very famous for paragliding, and I am associated with some very pretty boutique properties, which are very small, which are owner-run, but which have a lot of character. Hmm. So that's the experience I offer my guests in that particular district. Very so, very yeah. So you know, if if you look at the entire travel business, there seem there seems to be a lot of disruption that has happened. Yes, across uh, over the last ten fifteen years, you yes. know whether you look at uh, uh, travel agents and uh, people have moved to online portals, Airbnb, yes. homestays. Yes, how are established operators going to compete in these kind of things? Every day something is changing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I think established travel companies are definitely facing a very hard time. Mm-hmm. Um, in the month of October, I was fortunate enough to be part of a group that was invited by the Arunachal Pradesh government to recce Arunachal Pradesh. So we were the guests of the Arunachal Pradesh Tourism Department, mm-hmm. and I was the only startup in a group of eight. The other seven companies are all established players from across India, mm-hmm. and these people have been in businesses for decades. Mm-hmm. and uh, they are definitely uh, feeling very very challenged by the emerging scenario uh, which is as you said the uh, online which is uh, you know intimate experiences is what I, is how i would call it Correct. which is what i offer mm-hmm. uh, again like you know um, uh, lesser known properties lesser known destinations and all of that mm-hmm. so they are definitely feeling the heat um and i think that the only way to rise to the challenge is to tweak your business model because you know you can't work with the same business model for decades mm-hmm. uh i think the mark of a good company is when you can reinvent yourself mm-hmm. and when you can live up to the challenging uh, you know challenges of the emerging times mm-hmm. and that's what i think companies need to do okay uh it's not that they will phase out but they will definitely see a drop in their profits unless they reinvent themselves mm-hmm. and i uh, from what i understood during that trip is that almost all my all my compatriots from the travel industry don't understand social media hmm. and i think that is uh, you know now in this day and age that cannot be an excuse Correct. anymore Absolutely. so whether you are in whatever age group you are in if you are running a business that requires you to have a digital presence you have to learn the group. Uh, you know it's a bit trade mm-hmm. uh you can't let it go by saying that oh it's not for me because then you are missing the bus and you are going to then you know uh be in trouble because the new age traveler is a very learned traveler they have a lot of information at their hands 
and uh, they are quick to ask you questions and they want you to tweak your itineraries based on what they want to do right. so that is where of course customization comes into place but at the same time you can't give them tailor made things anymore and so a lot of companies are facing the heat and i think it's only going to get more and more competitive as time goes uh, you know as time passes by very interesting so you know there have been a lot of discussions lot of articles that keep coming out on the ugly indian traveler <laughs> you know and and you know we keep hearing it i keep seeing it not just all over the world but i see the ugly indian traveler within our country as well you know somehow we as indians just assume that if you are paying money um we have every right possible with no respect for our fellow travelers what are your thoughts on how do we manage such people and But in India, of course, you know, as a, as fellow Indian, we can always say something. When we are outside India, you know, the ugliness becomes even more uh, rampant. What are your thoughts? Uh, Ashutosh, this is a very, very, uh, you know, tough question for me to answer. I but I will share my thoughts with yeah. you. Yeah. Um, I agree because I have also experienced that with my with some guests, mm-hmm. like a handful of people. Mm-hmm. um uh, but early on in my business i decided that uh, um i don't want to deal with such a traveler okay and the only way i could keep that kind of a traveler out of my ambit is by uh, offering slightly expensive holidays and what i call premium so we're not luxury we're not economy we are premium we offer holidays in the premium category and uh, I wanted to charge what I charge because I also offer excellent services and you know nearly like a ninety nine percent perfect experience. Um, this is not including the fact that you know we also do very offbeat things, which will not again as I as I said most of the experiences will be found on the internet as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, this kind of a service comes with a price tag, and early on I decided that I would charge a price tag even though I was a new entrant. I had no experience running. any company forget a travel company the only experience i had was as a traveler and what i had done and what i had explored and some super organizing skills that come you know that's i think a blessing from my mother mm-hmm. but i had no other experience and uh, i decided that uh, to compensate for whatever i'm offering uh, my client uh, i would need to charge a little extra but what that has done for me is it has brought me a very discerning kind of a clientele okay. Okay. so these are not people who are looking for bargains in fact i have let go of a lot of business because mm-hmm. i flatly refuse to give discounts well said and i always tell uh, you know people who ask me for discounts that i'm offering you an experience that i promise you will not get from another company mm-hmm. and if you don't want to compensate uh, me for that then i would suggest that you look at an online company like a make my trip and take a holiday package from them because then they will be able to fulfill your uh, you know requirement of a certain budget which i can't very interesting and i've been very nice with people it's not that you know um, i mean it's not been nasty it's been very nice and i said i'm sorry but i cannot come down to the price that you want me to and that has kind of helped me build up a client base which is uh, like i said a very premium traveler uh, these are indian travelers these are indians who also want to explore their country right. these are indians who also traveled abroad extensively these are educated people these are people with um you know um, money in their pockets these are also people who have a desire to uh, you know be a conscious traveler 
Mm. Um, at the same time, we also have to, as a company, we have to constantly keep educating our clients as well. So when somebody signs up for a holiday, we, we bombard them with a lot of emails with, you know, little, little inputs about uh, what you should do when you go to another country. For example, when it comes to gratuity, like tipping, or when it comes to eco traveling, you know, don't throw your plastic anywhere and, you know, things like that. Mm. So we do a fair bit of education from our end as well. But uh, as far as the ugly Indian traveler is concerned, I think that's a segment that's going to uh, be in a lot of trouble in the future because yeah. travel is going to become very expensive. And uh, you're not going to be able to get a holiday on a budget going forward, mm. um, especially the kind of tight budgets that I have seen that some people have, you know, like they want to go to uh, visit another state and they have just 5,000 rupees in their pocket. Mm. It won't even cater to their fuel. Fuel is now 100 bucks a liter. Well so, you know, that that kind of traveler is going to have to become like us, like mm. one of us, like where we save money through the year and we travel once or twice a year, but we take a good holiday and we don't compromise on the experience and that's also something i've told a lot of my guests a lot of times and that's how i've convinced them to travel with me okay. that don't come to me with a shoestring budget because you're not going to enjoy the place mm. you're not going to have a good time mm. so you might as well hold on for six months and come back to me with some money in your pocket and help me uh, help you enjoy your holiday very well said. so yeah a fair bit of education has happened but yeah uh, i feel that uh, uh, as a um, as a country, we really need to think about the kind of impression we leave, especially you know True. when True. we're traveling out of India. It's, it's pretty bad. Very good. So let me move to the last segment of our conversation. There are some questions. Yes. Personally, have time for maybe two, two, maybe three questions. Yes. Yes. So Ritu, as you know, naval officer, naval officer's wife, you know, uh, started your own business, journalist. From where you stand today. As you look back and as you look ahead, what does success mean to Ritu? That's a, oh my God, that's an incredibly tough question for me to answer. Mm -hmm. I think uh, the pandemic has taught me that success is very subjective. And at this point in my life mm -hmm. where I am, um, you know, reviving my company again, and it's taking a lot of effort, but I'm also being very mindful of balancing the scales mm -hmm. and, uh, for me, success is that I am able to sleep at night, okay. that I am able to wake up with optimism every morning. Mm -hmm. I was doing that when I was running the company previously as well. So I, I call uh, post this, this uh, sort of uh, the post pandemic uh, version of my company's version 2.0, mm -hmm. because I have reinvented myself as a leader of my company quite a bit. Okay. And um, I have decided that I'm going to be more mindful and also, um, you know, uh, prioritize things in a way that my personal life is not very drastically affected by what I do, well, which was happening previously. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my next question to you is uh, on, on failure. Um, I've often said, and I have a new book coming out on failure in two weeks time. Okay. Um, you know, Indian parents don't teach children. It's okay to fail. We're always told come first, go to the head of the line, etc., etc. Yet yeah. we fail and we learn. My question to you is, what have been some of your learnings from some of your mistakes? Um, I made, uh, uh, you mean uh, while running East India Travel or in general? Just, just you as an individual. In me as been, an individual. What have been Ritu's okay. learnings from her yeah. mistakes? Uh, 
the biggest learning for me has been uh, again uh, it's been about prioritizing mm. and about balancing the scale i think there's no bigger learning for me than that mm. my failures have had more to do with my inability to accept what has happened okay. um fortunately for me i was raised in a family where we were told that you know failures happen especially my mother she's a very strong individual mm. and even i remember when i flung some subjects uh, in fifth grade mm. um because i was too lazy to study uh the only thing she told me is that this can happen to anyone so what are you going to do about it mm. and i think that you know the the way she would always turn it back you know turn the mirror towards us she raised us like that mm. and so we've always had the ability to look inwards and see what we have done and how we have reacted or what we have done mm. um you know uh and what we should do mm. so for me it's all about looking inwards and making those changes Very interesting. So yeah. my last my last question to you now. Uh, you know, you are still a startup entrepreneur. Yes. But for the thousands of people who will listen to all everything that you are saying, what would your advice be to a young startup entrepreneur? Um, learn finance. Mm-hmm. That is my one top advice to everyone. Okay. I think, uh, and uh, you know. one and a half years into running my company i realized that passion is very overrated mm. you know passion can only take you so far mm. at the end of the day it's all about numbers mm. and uh, uh, i have never been good with numbers ever since i was a kid and um, uh, i think that's the one of the biggest mistakes i made mm. so i feel that before you jump into entrepreneurship of any kind you need to understand numbers understand accounting bookkeeping taxation understand what it will take for your company to to run itself to be sustainable mm-hmm. and uh, you know that can only come from when you understand numbers and that's very crucial for startups okay startups can you know even if you have a great idea and you're implementing it really well but at the end of the day you don't have money in your coffers mm-hmm. you are just going to struggle very well said yeah vitu thank you so much you know i Thanks i love your, i love your comment last comment about if you want to be a startup entrepreneur learn numbers but i also really liked your comment that only when you have sufficient budgets plan a travel yes. otherwise you're not yes. going to enjoy your travel absolutely absolutely thank you so much <laughs> it's been such a pleasure speaking to you same here ashutosh Thank you for having me. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You video cast and podcast. A platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.